Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett Conlin, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. And Jack, we have a special guest tonight. Do you want to introduce him? Yeah, another week, another special guest. We've had Chase Kitty on. We've had Noah Ziegler. And now it is our absolute pleasure. Man, tried to have a great intro for that. Absolute pleasure to have uh, Lawrence Smith on from FCS Fans Nation, a stats uh, top 25 voter. We are very excited to have you on. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm happy to come on for you guys and uh, happy to be here, ready to jump in. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to have you since we we definitely follow the FCS, but we're certainly JMU heavy. We know that you are, are very well informed with what's going on around the rest of the country. So we're definitely excited to pick your brain a little bit about what's going on outside of JMU and maybe outside of North Dakota State, which seems like the two teams that JMU fans really track the most. Um, but there are other programs out there. Surprisingly. Really? So, <laughs> 126 of them. Yeah. Even. <laughs> so we want to make sure we hit on them and, and get all that done. But before we do that, Jack, should we talk about the win over Chattanooga? Yeah, um, we should. Ben DiNucci looked fantastic, and that's my takeaway from the game. Outside of what? It was like 16 seconds of them scoring two touchdowns outside of yeah. those 16 seconds. JMU played their best game of football, and I think if the game was 16 seconds shorter, in, in theory, in the perfect world, JMU wins that by a shutout. Yeah, I think the Dukes played pretty well, and like you're saying, Danucci was solid. Um, good to see them sort of face adversity, get up 14 nothing, give up the two quick scores, and then have to rally back from that. Uh, Lawrence, what were your thoughts on that game, and I guess overall on the Dukes through four weeks? Am I the only one that thought, like, you know, yeah, it was 37 to, to 14, but, like, it, were you a little disappointed with with it just because of those 16 seconds? I think there was there was definitely a little bit of concern sort of in the second quarter and in the second half, and then it seemed like – I think them finding a way to rally and get the big interception from Amos yeah. was positive. But I do think that you could look at it like if JMU doesn't have that mental lapse, I think they had a chance – to send maybe more of a message to the rest of the FCS. It definitely, like you're saying, it could have been a lot better 
than it was. That's definitely a fair point. It's just the the feeling I got was sort of you know it looks like a blowout at the end, but it, you know that blowout kind of snuck up on people. Like, right. It, right. it didn't feel like a blowout <laughs> during the game. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was what twenty three fourteen and. Chattanooga was driving down, and Amos mm-hmm. had that pick in the third quarter. I mean, if Amos doesn't make that pick, we could be talking about a completely different game. And the game kind of did flip into more of a route right there in that pick. And then all of a sudden, things started rolling for JMU, and things started happening. But, I mean, you could also say those wide receivers – there was a couple drops on that for the Dukes um, that were uncharacteristic and – I see what you mean. There were points where we went into that, at least I did, thinking it was going to be a, more of a route than it was uh, based off of the first the first quarter, really. And then all of a sudden, Chattanooga kind of stuck around more, and it wasn't as fan-pleasing, I guess you could say, as it was shaping up to be in the first 15 minutes. I think my biggest takeaway is, like, the last couple of years under Mike Houston, we knew – Halftime was going to come. They were going to go in, make adjustments, and come out a completely different team in the second half. And we saw that again this week with you know Signetti now. And I think that's a, a key attribute for for a team to have to be able to make those halftime adjustments. So I'm happy to see that that Signetti is able to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a a big point, and I think that people kind of tend to forget the 2016 season and that like not every game was a perfect performance by JMU. I mean, they had some, some close fights in there, some contests where they really had to battle. And like you're saying, they tended to adjust really well um, and come out with strong second halves and just find ways to win. So I think if you're JMU finding a way to win is a positive, but there's also on the other hand, you know, Chattanooga is not really at the same level that like a Villanova or a Towson will be. Um, so there are some, or even at Elon's going to be a harder test. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff on the schedule that's going to be harder where if JMU does have, you know, a horrendous 16 seconds, it could certainly be a lot more costly than it was this last week. Yeah. And I know we were talking about the game, Bennett, and you you wrote the article about Ben DiNucci and how he deserves more love. And you said you, you had something to say about DiNucci. Is this the time to bring it up or do we want to hold that off until a later time? I can do my it'll be a subdued DiNucci rant <laughs> this week. But I think my take is basically that there's this idea that he's a liability, and I think he's actually kind of an attribute to the team at this point. He's playing pretty well. He's completing a lot of his passes, which is partially due to Jamie's offense and sort of how they run it. But I think that he can do some things that are really dynamic, and he does have games where he struggles. You look at the New Hampshire game and the Colgate game last year, which are the two sort of obvious games where he struggled. But he's a quarterback that can be really dynamic, can do a lot of different things, and I think it's – we're closing in on the point, and I guess the article might be a little premature, but I think he's probably <laughs> one of the better quarterbacks in the FCS. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks definitely in the CAA. I saw some people saying that they would no doubt take Flacco and Davis Cheek over Danucci, and I find that hard to believe. If you're JMU, I don't think you're trading Danucci for Davis Cheek, personally. No, um, but I might trade it for Tom Flacco, if we're being honest. I don't even. I wouldn't even do that. But I mean, I think Flacco is a good quarterback. I just think part of it is that people they look at all the stats, and it's like Tom Flacco is asked to do significantly more than what Ben DiNucci's asked to do within Jamie's offense. Like Flacco does everything for Towson. So I think for me, some of it is let's give Ben DiNucci sort of a different set of expectations of what makes him a really good quarterback. And if people are going to ask him and sort of judge him on being a game manager, 
Well, he's completing 75% of his passes. He has one interception on the season, seven touchdowns. He's running the ball pretty well. <laughs> if you take the sacks out, I think he's got the leading – he's the leading rusher if you get rid of, like, the, the negative yardage rushes, um, which significantly hampers Danucci more than it would a running back. Um, so, I mean, I think he's playing well. I think he's a pretty good quarterback, and I think that people are going to be – Jamie fans specifically are going to be pleasantly surprised how he plays in conference play. That's just – my take, I'm sure I'll get more impassioned as the season goes on. But um, <laughs> I've cooled off since Saturday. <laughs> so it's just some dude rant today. Understandable. My, my fellow admin at FCS Fans Nation, Matthew Frazee, he's a, the North Dakota yes. State fan. He said it best on our podcast. He said, you want Ben DiNucci to be Troy Aikman, not Patrick Mahomes. Right. Like you want, <laughs> you want him to be a game manager, not the guy that's going to go out and try and you know, th- throw for 1,000 yards a right. game. And I think I think that's exactly right. Yeah, definitely. It's part of like JMU, and it might not excite the fans at times, but I think the best strategy is honestly taking a page out of Mike Houston's playbook, which is what Kurt Signetti tends to do. And it's just play really good defense, play the field position battle, run the ball, and then have your quarterback not make mistakes, make a few good plays a game, and you've got a pretty good chance with JMU's defense to win. You know, every FCS game you're in. Seems yeah. like the right, the right strategy at this point. Yeah, it might, it might make us pull our hair out, like wanting more, but right. Houston got results with the way he coached it, and Signetti seems to be the same type of coach of we have a good punter in Harry O'Kelly, and we can pin you deep, and we're going to play that field position game because we trust our defense and our special teams and all of that good stuff. With all of that in mind, this week we've been talking about it. Elon, they traveled to Elon, then Stony Brook, and – it's the gauntlet of CAA schedules outside of the Rhode Island down the road and the, the couple bad teams they played this season in the CAA. Bennett, what do you expect coming into this weekend in conference play? I don't really know because, like, it's hard for me to put sort of like a, some sort of estimation on, like, the emotions of this game, which I think will be yeah. important. I think you've got the – you almost have like a revenge factor on both sides, which is very rare and weird. So you've got Elon almost trying to get revenge, like on its old coach leaving for JMU. And then you have JMU trying to get back at Elon for beating it last season. And obviously JMU returned a lot of its roster. So they're familiar with that loss. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of tell how those out. I would imagine the JMU would win. I'd be surprised if JMU would lose, but I think there's the potential here for it to be a pretty competitive game. I would, I mean, I guess my initial estimate is just like JMU maybe pulls away late and wins by, by two touchdowns or something like that. But I don't know, Lawrence, what are your thoughts on how the emotions come into play here? Cause it's, it's something that for me, I've been try- having a tough time trying to understand. Yeah. You know, this has developed into a, a nice little rivalry um, in the yeah. last couple of years. Like you said, you know, we've got obviously the coaching change, which is like at the forefront of that now. Elon, you know, snapped a couple of winning streaks that Jamie had, like the CAA conference winning streak right. and our our home win streak. Right. Um, but then you go back a couple of years further, and it's like there's still players on Elon's team that you know they got blown out by JMU like two or three years in a row. It's like right. that's on their mind. Like they don't want that to be, you know, the the memory of playing JMU. So. I agree with what you said. Um, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I have written down here in my notes. 
JMU will outlast Elon and pull away in the fourth quarter, if not a bit earlier. If you want to throw out score predictions, I'm kind of in the, that same vein, you know, two touchdowns or so. I've got 30 to 17 is, is what I'm going with as a final score. I like it. Yeah. The emotions are such like, it's the X factor. It, and it's how will the coaching staffs handle the emotions and how will the players handle the emotions? Cause I mean, every player talks about it when they're in a high emotion game. It's kind of those first couple of series, what happens and that kind of dictates the game. So if JMU or Elon goes out and gets caught up in the emotion of the game, what happens? Do they the turnover? Does all of a sudden they like ride that emotion to a couple first series touchdowns and all of a sudden like things are looking different and they have now like the momentum on their side. So the the emotion is such just a huge X factor. And I mean, Davis Cheek, Signetti's like perfect quarterback people were saying last season against Danucci now. I, I think I'm really excited to see what these players who grew that Elon program with Signetti to see what how they kind of receive receive him to uh on Saturday. Definitely. And I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think it's actually a good thing for JMU that it is a high energy game because the West Virginia game was high energy throughout. And then you've got St. Francis and Morgan State, which were both blowouts. They were at home, but as the game sort of progressed, you've got like the weather delay against Morgan State. So I think at, at the end of the game, I do not believe there were that many people still remaining. Um, so I think the energy in both those sort of faded. Chattanooga, there was definitely some energy, but from what I saw in terms of fan like turnout, it did fans there. Yeah, it did not seem like there was there was a lot there. So I think, in my opinion, I'm not sure what you guys think, but I think it's a positive for Jamie to finally have one of these games. You know, maybe the first time in about a month that could be high energy and high intensity. You know, for close to the 60 minutes. Yeah, I think it's kind of a bummer for JMU that it's not at JMU. They're not getting that high energy in Bridgeforth. Instead they're at right. Elon and they have an Elon has that home field advantage, but yeah, it's definitely good that for at least a full 40 minutes, cause we don't know how that fourth quarter might play out, Yeah, but for a large vast majority of that game, it's going to be high energy. The game's going to be in the balance with every play. Every decision is going to be a big one. And it's a great test for JMU. I went to Elon uh, in 2017 when we played them, mm-hmm. and that was actually the third away game that I went to that season, along with East Carolina and William and Mary. Okay. And honestly, like I would put Elon like that specific game, the energy. You know, of course, East Carolina, the crowd was you know multiple times bigger, but right. the it, the energy of the crowd in that game was you know just as exciting and so that's a elon's a very good place for jmu fans to get to like we've got like the triangle dukes mm-hmm. um you know jmu's going to show out in this game there's going to be a ton of away attendance uh, i think the we we'll get a little bit of that home advantage even though we'll be on the road because JMU Nation is going to get behind the team down in North Carolina. Yeah, I yeah that's, a good, that. that's a good point. I know the Richmond road games always have a, a massive JMU contingent that they can they can really feel. And yeah, you're right that North Carolina is a pretty good spot with a lot of alumni in that area. And then also it's, you know, if you are in Virginia, it's, it's definitely drivable. 
a two o'clock Saturday game is one that I'm sure people will make their way to. That's an interesting point that I think we don't necessarily hit on a lot is that, you know, JMU fans travel pretty well. So if the game's close, you've got a pretty good shot at getting some, some Dukes there that actually influence the game from the crowd. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know how, what else to add. I was what else can I add to really help this go along? And I, all I can think of is yes. <laughs> Just say it speaks for itself. Exactly. It does. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the long pause before it really helped hammer home the yes. Too. I think so. I think so too. It wasn't an awkward one. It was just like at this point needs to stand for a minute. Yeah. Huh. Going from right. oh, yeah. and then conference play as a whole. Just oh, quick. Yeah. Pre- I I think for this a quick prediction of mm. record. I think we should all do and explain why we think it. If Lawrence, you want to start, I know it's right on the spot, but what do you think JMU's record will look like coming out of conference play at the end of the season? You know, I'm a little bit torn on this one. You know, I'm I can equally as likely see JMU going eight and zero as yeah. like six and two. Um, yeah. You know, Towson's going to be a good game. You know, we're UNH always seems to be a trap game, except for like the one year we shut them out. Um, you know there there are two or three games on the schedule that you know Elon this week you, you know Jamie could potentially lose the game. I think Jamie is far and away the you know like the favorite, so I'm not going to be surprised if they go eight and zero. So maybe I'll go somewhere in the middle and predict seven and one. Okay, Bennett. Yeah, I think that kind of hits on my thoughts exactly. Just like Lawrence was saying, if they go six and two, I wouldn't be stunned. If they go eight and no, I wouldn't be stunned. I think the safe bet is seven and one. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that just because I've kind of been saying throughout that I thought they would lose to West Virginia and then I thought they would lose one conference game and I did not get more specific. So I could be super vague and still be <laughs> correct. Um, so I will, I'll stand by that. I'll say they lose one. I have no idea which one. I, I will say I'll probably narrow it down. I think it'll either be. Um, Villanova, William Mary, or Towson. So that three game stretch, wow. I think they're. I think they'll drop one of those games. Okay, I'm going. So in my week by week prediction that I put out on Buzz Marketing www.jmusportsnews.com, um, I I had them losing in this three game stretch of at Chattanooga, at Elon, at Stony Brook. I had them losing at Stony Brook, but I'm going to go out on a limb and be different from you guys. I think they can be eight zero in this conference slate. Their biggest tests, I think, are Villanova and Towson. Villanova's looking like a pretty solid team. Yeah, Colgate's nowhere near as good as they were last year, but they just beat Towson. Yeah, Towson's missing their running back, but I still think that's a big win for Villanova. And they're kind of looking to be real big contenders in the CAA. Stony Brook worries me, but at the same time, I'll be at that game, and uh, that's all they need to win. So... That's enough there. Um, I think they pulled out this weekend. So I, I think I think if they can make it out of these next two games, I think they're really primed for a solid CAA run. Now, I will say, looking at JMU's schedule for the CAA, we have home games. Like, our four home games are against Villanova, Towson, UNH, and Richmond. And, like, those are the four that you want to be at home. Yeah, definitely. 
like Villanova and Towson speaks for themselves. Like those are top 15 programs. Richmond's that rivalry game that you never really know how it's going to go. You know, even in the two years we went to Frisco, like those two games came down to the wire. Right. So, you know, despite absolutely going and beating the brakes off of Richmond last year, like that means nothing. Like that's always going to be a game you have to focus on. Mm -hmm. Like I said, UNH is usually a trap game for us. The schedule does line up nicely. The, the games that you think you might have trouble with are the ones that you get at home. So yep. that always helps. That is huge. And it's great for, for fans. You've got Villanova, Towson, New Hampshire, Richmond. Those are four awesome games to get at home. So it, it should be pretty close to capacity crowds, I would guess, for those. So that should be a blast. And, and yeah, that is, that is a good point that some of the tougher games do actually come at home, which might make Jack's point right there, the 8-0 opportunity, all that more likely. Yeah, I'll probably be right. I know. I'm pretty good at predictions. Yeah, you've also got a predicted Stony Brook loss. So you're, you're hedging your bets. but <laughs> Hey, I also predicted West, we'd beat West Virginia, but yeah. I'm actually True. Ready. So if you do well, that, you would get the overall record right if they go 8-0. Throwback to one of our worst takes of all time last season going into the Elon game. <laughs> I remember Ben and I sitting on this podcast talking about how this might be the best JMU squad of all time, and they're going to go in and absolutely destroy Elon, and Elon, it'll be like 62-14, and then they lost. And uh, I'll, do you, I'll do you one better. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, um, when Chase was working for Hero Sports mm-hmm. full-time, they were doing a series. Um, and they Actually, they still do it. Um, in conjunction with our page, FCS Fans Nation, they'll do their FCS mailbag and get fan submitted questions that they answer. And I asked the question last year: "Is like, is JMU more likely to lose a single game this year, or are we going to win every game by like twenty one points plus?" <laughs> <laughs> we were we were definitely in that same boat. I remember we were talking ahead of Elon. I think we were like. You know, this is going to be boring until we hit, you know, mid-December. Semi-finals maybe would be interesting. Right, just, it... just let's <laughs> let's go back to Fargo. Like, then it'll be fun. Right. <laughs> right. Well, in our defense, in, every, in all JMU fans' defense last season, we started CAA play with William & Mary and Richmond, two normally competitive games that, like, are rivalries, and we won, like, Fifty-one zero and sixty-three ten. So, in all of our defenses, I stand by what we were saying. Well, and that was what everyone around the country thought too. Like it wasn't just right. JMU yeah. fans; it was like we're unanimously like the number two team. So, it it wasn't an off the wall prediction at that point. It's just you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they entered the game as like against Elon as like thirty point betting favorites. I know I had some friends who were talking. Are like, oh man. It's close. I think they'll win by like at least twenty. But do I want to, you know, take that thirty point <laughs> spread? And of course, they go out and and lose. That was a weird game too. They had you know multiple touchdowns called back by penalties. It was just a, and they, an odd day. And they would have won if Dylan Stapleton didn't fumble it. Right. Yeah. They probably end up winning. Yes. Yeah. Man, so many a lot of this crazy stuff. Speaking about crazy stuff, look at this segue. The FCS <laughs> has been some crazy stuff this season, and. Lawrence, you have your ear to the ground more so in terms of FCS than I think Bennett and I do. Yes. What has been the FCS season kind of just very broadly, and then we'll get into more specifics, so far been like this season? 
on the FCS Fans Nation podcast, we've talked starting in the off season. We said this was going to be the most wide open the FCS has been, and you know, basically since North Dakota State started their run, you know, maybe since like 2013, 14. But and I, I think it's just it's worked out that way. You know, in my stats top 25 vote, I had Eastern Washington as the number one team, and you know, they've still yet to win an FCS game. Right. <laughs> like they're the surprise. Right. It, there's just a lot of parody this year. You know, UC Davis went to to Fargo this week and, and gave the Bison everything that they could. You know, they were down by like four points with three minutes left in that game before yeah. a couple interceptions, you know, kinda skewed the, the score line for NDSU. But I think parody is the overall theme that we've seen so far. I like it. I mean, it is so wide open. I mean, coming into the season, you knew North, I mean, North Dakota State's on top every year, but they lost so many starters last season that it did kind of feel like, if anything, they're really vulnerable this season. And then all the the upsets with Villanova winning this week over Towson, that really wasn't expected. And I, I think Eastern Washington's just drop has been, to me, the most surprising thing. For sure on that point, because, you know, the criticism criticism of Eastern for, like, the last decade has always been they don't have a defense. And then last year they show us with their new head coach, actually, we do have a bit of a defense. You know, they were trending upwards, you know, every single week the defense was getting better and better. And so you thought that was going to carry over to this year. They had a lot of guys get experience starting underclassmen last year because of injuries so you thought oh yeah they lose a big senior class but they're bringing a bunch of players with experience back they're going to build on year two for their head coach and you know and just run with it so like I said I had number one in my ranking I was very high on them and to see what they've done so far is just surprising like I can't wrap my head around it yeah, that's been really confusing to me. And another one that, that stands out, I've seen so many takes on both sides of this, the North Dakota State-UC Davis game, and I had the chance to watch some of it, and I was interested, Lawrence, what are your takeaways just from that close game? I've seen some people saying that it's a huge like showing for UC Davis, showing that they were close. I've seen other people sort of saying that it's maybe a huge thing for North Dakota State just being able to pull it out and I've seen the other side which is saying that North Dakota State is beatable and um, what should what should fans make of this close call that North Dakota State had if you've listened to a few episodes of my podcast you know, you've probably heard me say before that you can't draw grand conclusions from like one singular matchup right and I think that's important to remember in this particular game like UC Davis looked really good but also two weeks ago they almost lost to San Diego, which, you know, right. a team that doesn't have any scholarships. Mm-hmm. North Dakota State, you know, maybe you think, oh, well, they didn't play their best. Now they've got all these flaws. But then, you know, them last week, two weeks ago, they played their, you know, one of their two biggest rivals in University of North Dakota and absolutely steamrolled them. Mm-hmm. So I'm cautious to make any big conclusions just from this one game. I think. NDSU is a little more vulnerable than we thought, but 
that's that has always been true. I don't think anything UC Davis did specifically brought those to light. I think it's just you play any good team, and that's going to happen. So NDSU still, even with those flaws, they're still the number one team in the country until someone else proves otherwise. Um, I do like that myself, along with the other stats voters, didn't punish UC Davis for losing. Right. You know, the number four team is supposed to lose to the number one team. So I was very happy to see that UC Davis didn't move off of that number four spot this week, even with the loss. That's a great take. I love how rational it is. I think sometimes people do tend to, like you were saying, sort of explode over one game. And that's, I think, where we had some of those Twitter takes, sort of trying to analyze what North Dakota State was at this point. But that's that's a good point. North Dakota State's looked really good so far this year. Yeah, they had a close game, but they were playing a top team. And UC Davis has shown the ability to be really good. And then, like you mentioned, they've shown the ability to be a little iffy against a team like San Diego. So that's I like that take. I like those thoughts there. Um, always good when there are FCS fans and just people in general talking about the FCS who are, you know, willing to be rational and, and sort of understand those different things. And I think that's something that I really enjoy about your page and the, the posts you guys have, your podcast, all those things is it seems like one of the larger fan forums, at least in my experience that has really rational takes, I think, especially from the admins, which is huge on the Facebook page. I know you guys are always sort of controlling the dialogue a little bit. And anytime anything seems to get kind of too hot takey, you guys always seem to come in with a comment that sort of, simmers everything down and, and gets people sort of on the right page again. So if, if fans aren't checking that out yet, I would definitely highly recommend checking out FCS Fans Nation on Facebook because that's certainly a source where I get a lot of my information in terms of what's going on nationally. Yeah, and I think one of the important things there is that the five admins of the page, you know, two of us are JMU fans, but, you know, Wyatt, the one who started the page, you know, he goes to University of you know, West Virginia so, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a little bit of the, the FBS beat for us. You know, we've got Matthew in Fargo, NDSU fan. And then we've got Kyler and Kelsey who are Eastern Washington fans. And so right. we, we do a good job of keeping each other in check. You know, of course, we all sort of support each other and, and you know, want each other's teams to do well. But, you know, if someone comes up with some absurd take, you know, we're, we're going to call them out on it. Right. <laughs> and 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 that trickles down into the way we we run the page as well like you said you know we'll we'll let the discussion develop the way the page wants to but right we're we're going to reel it back in if you know something's totally absurd <laughs> right right no i i definitely enjoy that because there are every now and then you'll see something i'll read it and i'll be like what is that and then i'll see a comment from one of the admins that basically says what i'm thinking <laughs> and then everyone everyone kind of hops on that and it gets the conversation right back to where it where it needs to go. So it's, it's certainly an enjoyable page to, to track and follow. And it's also incredibly active, which I love. There's, there's always a conversation going on. I'm waiting for Jack to come in with a yes. Yes. <laughs> there we are. Do we want to, do we want to jump to a Frisco prediction? Yes. <laughs> That's all I can add. Right no. Yeah. hundred percent. Because I think, Looking back in a couple of months, we can just all laugh at the eggs on our face. All right, let's do th- let's do three. Who wants to start? Who wants to be the the brave one to go first? I think one of you guys should go first. Yeah, uh, but I've got it. 
All right, I'll go first. I'm going to take the easy way out. And I'm going to say that North Dakota State, I think they'll earn the one. I do think they'll earn the one. And then I'll say that JMU earns the two. And I think both teams will thrive on the home field advantage and make it a JMU-North Dakota State rematch in Frisco on January 11th. I'm not going out on a limb there, but... That's my take. Oh, that's that's so that's so lukewarm. It's very vanilla. I know. <laughs> that's so lukewarm. I'm it's gonna a plain go rice with, kind of take. I'm gonna go with JMU, and you can call me a homer for that. Like that is a complete homer take. Are you gonna say North Dakota State now? No, I'm gonna say UC Davis. <laughs> UC Davis wow. has the four seed, and they upset the one seed. So you think they'll play North Dakota State in Fargo again, but then beat them? Yep. Wow. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that because we <laughs> <laughs> it's hot takes for a reason. Well, we've seen we've seen teams multiple instances, you know, South Dakota State a couple times. Mm-hmm. They go in and they either beat NDSU or challenge them in the regular season and they go back to the Fargo Dome in December and get blown out. Yeah. Montana did the same thing 2015 or 2016, whichever it was, you know, they beat NDSU the first game of the season and then mm-hmm. got you know, run out of the, the Fargo Dome in the playoffs. So, I'm not sure going back to Fargo is beneficial <laughs> to anyone other than NDSU. Oh, yeah, 100% not at all. It's very unlikely. But I just did not want to go with ben, do the same exact pick as Bennett. And they're, my, they're, they're like my third place, like, first place <laughs> team, if that makes sense. If, if you don't want to choose North Dakota State at this point, like, I'll go JMU. I'll, I'll create the, the, you know, the trifecta. Like, JMU fans choose JMU more at 11. (laughs) (laughs) If we're we're not going with North Dakota State, though, I think South Dakota State right now Mm -hmm. is your next best bet. Um, They absolutely have, like, a three-, four-headed monster at running back. Their freshman quarterback, Jabor Gibbs, you know, he's he's not your typical freshman quarterback, kind of like NDSU's got going on with Trey Lance. No. Their offense is rolling again. Um, their defense is, you know, your typical solid Missouri Valley defense. And if anyone knows the Bison pretty well and can give them a run for their money, it would be South Dakota State. So I'll be interested to see how that matchup in the regular season goes. Um, but yeah, I think outside of NDSU, SDSU is is the next best bet. All right, I, I like, like it. Yeah, that's good. We did pick the top four teams right now in the staff's uh, top 25. So I think that means okay. that's a pretty solid top four they have. Yeah. Kudos to the stats, <laughs> the stats crew. Should we get into the, the top 25 voting? Yes, 110%. All right. So, Lawrence, there's been, you know, the, the controversy, I guess, if you want to say. <laughs> has, um, has, with... has there been some? <laughs> <laughs> With, for, those who are, for those who are unfamiliar with Josh Swanson, I, I don't remember exactly what outlet he is with, but he, I know he's doing stuff over in the in Fargo with the North Dakota State media. Um, and he basically sort of unprompted said that, <laughs> that you and other fans shouldn't have a vote in the Stats FCS Top 25 poll. What are your thoughts on this for those that have not heard and sort of explain the rationale and really even just the process of the, the voting. Cause I know you're incredibly transparent with your vote. So how does all that work? Look, if, if none of the voters 
were allowed to have like an affiliation with a team, we would have like Brian McLaughlin, <laughs> Craig Haley, and like I don't know, maybe like two or three other people. Like it would, it would be like a five-person poll because you got to right. think like all of the school SIDs are on the poll. Like you can't tell me that they're not inherently biased. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's an asinine argument to make that, oh, a fan shouldn't be on the poll. And I listened to you guys' podcast when, when you talked about this a little bit. Yeah. And I agree with what you said. Like, yeah, I represent a page called FCS Fans Nation, but the, the amount of work that me and Kyler put into the poll alone and then the page at large, like, we're not just like your typical fan. Right. You know, we're as close to being media as you can be without actually being in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't understand Swanee's argument about, you know, like <laughs> he was, I really think he was just upset that I voted for JMU number one, like one week. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I can't confirm that cause I haven't talked to him, but that that's my feeling towards it. And yeah, I I feel like he wants a vote. I feel like he's he's angling for a vote. Well, and I'd be happy <laughs> enough for him to have one. I think the yeah. the the more people that are on the poll, the the wider of an array of opinions you're going to get, and the more mm-hmm. accurate the poll is going to be. Yeah. yeah, can't argue with that. No, I think we've we've both talked about it a lot here, where it's you know. If they're trying to have this crazy official poll, then I could see them not doing fans, but I don't know that that's what they're doing. And I would say that that having you guys on the poll makes it stronger because I've seen the stuff that you put out and the logic you have behind it and the fact that you have a spreadsheet and all these things. And I feel very confident that there are other voters who do not have a spreadsheet and are <laughs> kind of just making stuff up. So, I mean, I'm I'm very happy that there's a lot of logic that you guys put into it and, I also think it's just great for the FCS to have you guys posting those and having that conversation and people talking about, you know, who should be ranked like 14th or, or if a team 17th should be leaping one that's 12th or things like that. I think that that kind of discussion is fantastic for just the subdivision as a whole. My favorite is every single week when I post my poll, I get like the same, like three or four guys from the other Dukes, Duquesne. They're like, <laughs> like we're coming. Like, why haven't you ranked us yet? <laughs> like, like it just goes to show that like there are passionate fan bases all over the country. Like, it's not just JMU, NDSU, Eastern Washington, and Montana, Jacksonville State. Like, yeah, we got Duquesne fans. You know, there's the Citadel has a great fan base. Like, just posting that every week and seeing like I get. Sometimes I get like 75 replies on, on these things right. and, and I love it. I because lo- first of all, it helps me like the next week, like, Oh, should I go pay attention to this team a little bit more? Like maybe, right. maybe this is something I've missed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. I love the conversation that it generates and I, I wish every voter would do it because I mean, there would be thousands of interactions every week if we got all 160 voters to, to publish their poll. Yeah, I think it'd be fantastic. I like that idea a lot. And I also, I think Brian McLaughlin talked about it on Hero Sports. He had the idea of putting up like, or sharing, having a shared spreadsheet of all the voters so people could have better access to the information. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, you guys and and Hero are significantly more tuned in and able to be more tuned in than 
you know, some SIDs or things like that. And I think that it, it would help the FCS as a whole just to have more voters who know what they're talking about and can have a legitimate conversation about, you know, all 25 teams that are making the poll and then the additional, I don't know, 15 or whatever that are like, you know, in contention. I mean, it, even more teams than that. Like I've got seven, right. I've got 75 teams on my spreadsheet right now. Woo. <laughs> wow. It's like Who's 75th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you rank them past 25 no. all the way through 75 or you just have them in? I, I rank them through about 50. Okay. Um, like Western Illinois is, is my 49th team right now. Okay. Um, and then after that, you know, it's, it, it's not worth it at that point, giving them like a defined rank because yeah. it's so fluid when you get down there. Understandable. Going into this week's top 25 that you put out onto Twitter, just a quick look at it to see how things are shaking up. I mean, everyone's what starting and in, going into their conference play here coming up in the coming weeks. For yeah. The there, most part. there are a few teams that have already played one conference game. Um, and there are a couple others like uh, Weber and Northern Iowa are playing a non-conference game this week. But yes, for the most part, conference play starts across the country this week. Okay. I have one question and then, I think it's the only question I have for your top 25 poll. Okay. Villanova Towson. Why do I have Towson still yes. six yes. places ahead of Villanova? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Villanova's 4 and 0, but like what the the three teams that they beat previously were like 0 and 9 combined. Right. So they did have a good win against Towson, but in my opinion, even with the loss, Towson just has a better uh, strength of victory, strength of schedule so far. They've got okay. a better, they've got a better resume still. All right, understandable. I like that there's logic there, and I think that's something yeah. too that that you'll see, and it's maybe less jarring with FBS teams because people are so familiar with like the programs. But if you have like a number, I don't know, a top five team, let's say it's like Alabama loses to somebody who is maybe. 25th for the most part Alabama might drop to like seven and then the other team might get into the teens and I think people wouldn't be that alarmed by it because they're so familiar with sort of how that team is but I guess I don't know if people have the same understanding of Towson and what Towson's done this year and things like that so I do sort of understand that logic if you're going based off of the stronger resume and that sort of thing it's it's definitely tough and I don't know what I would do honestly if I had a vote but I do know that it is it is nice to have your reasoning and your logic and all that transparent. And the fact that you're willing to be open about it is something that I certainly enjoy. Well, I like the way that our pages uh, top 10 poll voted this week. Cause uh, we just published it maybe two hours ago. Yeah. And Towson Villanova went to overtime and they ended up tied both for ninth place with exactly, <laughs> exactly the same amount of points. It was like, wow. All right. I'll put uh, I'll put Villanova. I'll list them first because they won the game. But yeah, you, th- you think two undefeated teams go to overtime? You you call that one a toss up? That makes sense. That checks out. You should get the the whole page should have a vote. <laughs> should count the FCS top ten. Just give it a give it a stats vote. Well, you know, every year we uh, we contemplate like when we ask the the panel. We have about fifty people that vote on our page. I always ask them, like, do you guys want to do a top 25? And 
I've got maybe 10 or 12 that, that are gung ho about it. Say, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. But then, you know, the other 30 or so, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just, you know, they've got full-time jobs. They've got families. They don't have time to, to put into it. And they say, you know, no, I'd rather keep it as a top 10 poll. So, you know, I'm fine with that. I'd rather have, you know, the most accurate top 10 rather than a top 25. That's got, you know, a lot of questionability to it. Definitely. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And before you leave, can you go ahead and plug all of your socials? Where can fans find all the FCS fans nation content? FCS fans nation is primarily on Facebook is where you're going to find the most interaction. You can just search FCS fans nation in in the Facebook search bar. We also have Twitter and Instagram. Um, Again, it's just FCS fans nation. If you want uh, direct links, you can go. Um, this one will surprise you guys to fcsfansnation.com. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's also where we run our weekly pick'em challenge. Um, we, we've got a couple other things. You know, we post articles on there every once in a while. We update our ranking and whatnot. Um, and coming here in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to announce how you can win two tickets to the national championship game in Frisco this year. Wow. Wow. Might have to look into that. <laughs> Definitely. That is that is awesome though. And and thank you, Lawrence, for coming on because we are in desperate need of your overall FCS <laughs> knowledge. So we might we might hit you up again later in the season. But uh thanks so much for hopping on and enlightening us. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to come back on anytime you need me. Awesome. Perfect. We will expect a message in your Twitter <laughs> DMs here and when when conference season is about halfway through and things are really looking murky in those that top twenty five and North Dakota State and JMU have both have lost a game and all of a sudden the top four looks completely different, we will definitely be needing your assistance. Hundred percent. I'll I'll be here. <laughs> Thank <laughs> awesome. You. Great to have Lawrence on the podcast. Jack and I are always in need of some overall FCS enlightenment. Yeah, so that was. <laughs> That was, that was huge to get some information there. And now before we transition to some of the Olympic sports for JMU, let's get a CAA Pick'em going here. It's time for this week's Weekly Pick'em. I believe I increased my lead last week. I don't want to talk about it, all right? With a lackluster showing, I was one and one, but you got you had a couple of close calls that went against you. Uh, okay, so I picked Rhode Island and Towson to win last week, and in my defense, Towson lost an OT, and Rhode Island lost by three points. So, it's not like you were far off. No, yeah, you know, you're now two games. You're two games down, and we've only had. <laughs> We've only had one, two. We've only had five conference games, and we so didn't I'm even feeling... pick one of them. Oh, so we've only picked four. <laughs> so I feel pretty confident after winning last season that I am, I'm on the right path. Hey, hey, it's Sloan said he wins the race. You know. Well, you better start running here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We do have four games though, so we've got a bigger yeah. slate this week. Here we go. First one up: James Madison against Elon. Duke travel to Elon, North Carolina, take home to take home to take on the Phoenix, where there's only one in existence at a time. So please refer to them in the singular. Who do you have? That was pretty good. Thank you. Um, I'm 
I'm going to take JMU because I feel confident in the Nooch Man. All right. I'm going to take JMU because I feel confident in their front seven. And hopefully Rashad can come back and do great things. Oh, did you read the pig story? Oh, my. That, that was so lackluster. I thought it was going to be way more exciting. I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> we had a pig before a game once, and the boys really liked it. We went out and had ourselves a game. And pigs now, are part, we have a huge pig in the middle of, of the locker room, and, and I put the pig head on once, and I really fired up the game. No, it was just they named the pig what the wife of the coaches is. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny, but it was not what I thought it was going to be. No, I was like, he could have told that during the press conference. Um, all right, next up, Maine. They travel to Villanova. Will Villanova hang up another 50? Or will Maine stout defense? Is Maine's defense good this season? All right. Eh. <laughs> no, they're pretty good. Or will Villanova put up 50 again? Or Yeah, who do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I will... I really like Villanova. I think Villanova is a very good team. I'm going to say that they lose to Maine. Ooh. I think that for me, my after learning last year, my CAA pick'em thoughts are basically that anytime a team that I'm slightly unsure of does something really well, I want to predict them to then fail the next week. So I'm going to take Maine. I just feel like the emotional high last week, and they're playing a pretty solid Maine team. I don't think Maine's great, but I do think it's a competitive game. I don't know. Filling over the first three games kind of cruise, and then they have this really difficult big win. They're getting all this hype. I think they they kind of get a little bit too emotional and struggle and lose by 10 to me. Wow, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Villanova. I said it when we were talking with Lawrence. Um, I'm high on Villanova. I'm buying all of their stock right now. I think they're the dark horse of the CAA, and I'm for that reason... I'm going Villanova. We'll see if you can cut into your lead. I mean, my lead. Excuse me. <laughs> okay, next up. Oh, man, this is going to be a thriller. William and Mary, they head up to Albany, New York, and they take on the good old Great Danes. Who do you got? Any Anytime you've got Albany football on a Saturday, <laughs> you're in for a good time. <laughs> I still get emails from Albany because I paid like $5 for a fee in my freshman year. Did you like, do really? They charge they're... to watch their abysmal football? It's one of the worst feeds I've ever seen in my life. It was awful. And it was like, JMU hit a game-winning field goal, and I don't even think the uprights were pictured. You had to watch the reaction of, like, the kicker. Wait, JMU hit a game-winning field goal against Albany? Hey, Albany was scrappy back in the day. What was this, 2013? 2014? It was the first first Withers year, so the Dukes weren't really that good yet. Uh, Yeah, that was when they um, went to the playoffs with Liberty? Yes. Yes. But I'll take William and Mary. They actually look respectable this year. They gave ECU a heck of a game last weekend. Yeah, I think William and Mary were all kind of, well, you're not. Because you've been kind of high on them the last couple of weeks. I've been kind of yeah. low on them. But I'm picking William and Mary as well. Um, your highness on them has rubbed off on me. And nice. I think Mike London's kind of, that's his name, right? Mike? Yes. Yes. I knew it was London. I was just, I need to do more research before these things, before these CAA pickums. <laughs> But, yeah, I think he's going to be the program slowly but surely. And uh, I think William Mary gets the easy win by 21. I like that. That's a good pick. Stony Brook, Rhode Island. Um, Stony Brook goes up to Kingston, Rhode Island to take on the roadies. Who do you got? <laughs> if you're Rhode Island right now, you're 0-3. You've got a 
three overtime loss to Delaware on the road at home. Excuse me. You've got a three point loss at New Hampshire. You were pretty scrappy in the first game against Ohio. Well, the buck stops here. This is where the Rams make their mark on the CAA. Really? <laughs> they scrap out this game and they lose by 10. Stony Brook wins. But a, a big performance, <laughs> a statement game from the Rams. Oh, man. I even wrote down Stony Brook. You had me going there. Man, see, I'm so high on Rhode Island. Like, They're. <laughs> I was last year. Remember last year when they burned me once and for the rest of the season, I only picked Rhode Island. Yeah. They're actually not terrible yeah, they're, through three weeks. They're not. I mean, four overtimes in three games, that's a record. I mean, come on. But Stony Brook is on the fringe of being a top 25 team. They're scrappy. They're Long Island, man. They're gonna, they want to punch you in the mouth. Ma- I can't do a Long Island accent. They want to punch you in the mouth. Uh, I mean... Priori is their head coach. But with all of that in mind, um, I'm going to go Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is just the analysis of like these teams that we don't watch that are basically just like Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Stony Brook that we never have a chance to watch. And it basically just becomes like they're tough. And then we're just like saying names of like the coach. <laughs> Priori. Cup Priori. <laughs> the Long Island Express. Express, the Long Island Railroad back there with Donald Leotine and the other – I was listening – complete <laughs> side tangent here. This is when our podcast is at its greatest, when we have our yes. side tangents. I was listening to uh, – when I posted my tweet today about – Yes, I was watching that <laughs> too. <laughs> and it was – I was if, – if you haven't seen this video, go to my Twitter, my personal Twitter, at Fitz all the way, F-I-T-Z, all the way, and look at my – one of my – last tweets I tweeted about with uh, my sideline reel and I'm talking about the Long Island Express that's what Kurt Dudley called him last season because they had a two-headed monster back there and I'm on the sideline and I don't have any um, like rosters with me and so I go on air and I'm like oh yeah I know both of their names so I dumb me I don't check both of them to double check and I go yeah both the Long Island Express, as you call him, Kurt, with Donald Leotine and or Leotine or however I pronounced his <laughs> name wrong too, but that's besides the point. And then I go, and uh, the other guy, <laughs> I listened to it, and I was like, oh no, oh no. Huh. But besides that, yes. And now, yeah, our our analysis of any team like north of. <laughs> Delaware is bad. <laughs> we don't ever get the games. Like I, I, I don't chalk that up. Flow sports. I don't want flow sports. What are you going to do on a Saturday at three o'clock? Well, you're living. In I'm going to be drinking one the, beer. One of the greatest cities. Yeah, living in one of the greatest cities in the world. What are you going to do? You're going to fire up flow sports. You're going to watch Stony Brook beat Wagner. I'm glad you understand that Hoboken, New Jersey, is the greatest city in the world. I was more implying like your proximity to New York, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say. We'll take that. Hoboken's up there. It looked beautiful in your picture today. Oh, I love Hoboken. Once, it, once again, go to Jack's Twitter feed. He's got a lot of good content today. Yeah, just today. <laughs> Not normally. <laughs> Otherwise, that. it's rough. But today? Otherwise, no, but you're you getting are, a lot you're of on fire today. sports news retweets and Seahawks retweets. There are rare days when I think to myself at anybody's Twitter account, like, <laughs> wow. They had great tweets, multiple tweets in one day, and I thought you had two today. See me on Sundays so. when the Seahawks are really blowing a game, and I'm actually watching it, and I can tweet my frustration. 
as a Lions fan, I can't relate to what losing is like. So I, don't even, I don't even remember what it's like to lose. I hate that you guys are undefeated so much. <laughs> with, a, with a tie. <laughs> All right, so we've got our, our CA Pickham. We're in. Yes. I have William and Mary. We both have William and Mary. We both have JMU. Do we both have Stony Brook? Or did you even pick one? Yeah, I said Rhode <laughs> you Island. You picked Stony Brook, right? <laughs> I got you. Jamie, no, you picked Rhode Island? Jamie, Jamie, me, Villanova, you, Maine. William and Mary, William and Mary. Me, Rhode Island, you, Stony Brook. Okay. All right, so we have two differences. So you could tie me, theoretically. I will tie you. Or we could have – I could be a four. Or you can be Or we could just be a two. two. It would just be two still. Okay. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be a huge weekend in CAA pick them. Yes. Okay. Now, on- do we get into the Elon stuff enough? I feel like we probably did, right? What Elon? Like the game coming up? Yeah. Is there anything that you didn't say that you want to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> then that answers no. that question. <laughs> For some reason, I thought there was more. I don't even know. No, I think I'm good. I mean, we just, I mean, all the emotion that's going into that game is just yeah. absurd. I think. I think. That- I think I'll have a lot to say on. Whenever we record next week. Yeah, if I hear Danucci slander, I really expect both of us to have really hardcore rants next week. I think I'm going to be at the DC Zoo, so I don't even know if I'm going to be watching sports this weekend, but I'm going to, I might fire up old Flow Sports since I paid for it and watch the replay. I'll be at a Sunday night. I'll be at the New York City Watch Bar. Oh, nice. Getting my $5, $6 beer and uh, having myself a time. That sounds amazing. Yeah, nice Brooklyn lager. Mm. <laughs> okay let's get into off it. of football let's go into olympic sports and all that good stuff we'll be kind of quick since we're running at about a, a hour already right here after all of our ca yeah. pick them ramblings men's soccer they continue to roll another ferial game winner six games in a row they have a top 20 ranking are they making us eat our words yeah well <laughs> kind of i mean i th- i still don't know that i would assume that they're like a national title contender but yeah. they are after the first two weeks i was pretty down on that or first two games excuse me i was pretty down on them they look awesome they've got the number you know the win over number one wake forest um they haven't given up a goal since september 8th so in their last four matches they have not allowed anyone to score and they have scored 11 goals themselves so they're playing really well they've rallied after the rough start i guess i mean this is a team that's just really good. They've got a few tests left, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they're kind of making us eat our words. I mean, right. we were kind of more on the extreme side of it, saying they're not national champion contenders. Yeah. But I think if we had said they're not Elite 8 or Sweet 16 contenders, then they'd be making us eat our words. Because right now, right. like, they're playing really well. Yeah, they, they have a uh, test against Cal State Fullerton coming up. And UVA a little bit down the road in mid October. Yes. Um, which you'll might will you be at? I think there's a good chance I'm there, so I'll be hanging out with my boy Noah Ziegler because he is coming. That's gonna be a fun game. So I'm I'm hoping that they do in fact send me to that, and if they don't, I'm probably gonna request that. Like, that could end up being a top ten, top probably a top ten matchup. That's a big one. Yeah, Virginia's still undefeated. I think they're number three right now, so there's a good chance that, that yeah, that if, if JMU keeps going, they've got number 13, Cal Fullerton, at home. A heck of a job by JMU scheduling to get these teams at right. home. Well, 
Charlottesville's on. I mean, UVA's in Charlottesville. They but still. played Cal State last season at Cal State. Okay. So, whoever's doing it and getting these one in ones is doing a heck of a job. Because I'm looking at it. Last season they yeah. played at NC State. So I wonder if NC State will be maybe coming next season, or maybe they played in 2017. NC State at. That might have just been a stopgap. I don't. I was trying to look through their past seasons to see if they have yeah. these contracts. Maybe it's the start of all these new contracts. It's great, though. I mean, it's it's really solid to have ranked teams coming to Harrisonburg. We saw the atmosphere when Wake Forest came to town. So, if JMU can keep rolling ahead of the match against Virginia, yeah, there's definitely a, a chance this is a top ten kind of matchup, which would be great for the state of Virginia and soccer in the area. Yeah, and if they can beat Cal State Fullerton and go fairly and then maybe lose to UVA and maybe have a conference loss and then not win the CAA tournament. I think they have a very viable chance at, I mean, they're a ranked team right now. So of course they do at an at-large bid. Yeah. They're positioning themselves in a great spot. The win over wake is obviously huge and six in a row helps, but you're right. If they can get another, another win, like a Cal State Fullerton kind of win and have some good conference victories, then yeah, it looks like an NCAA tournament season for sure. Fun stuff happening at Centera Park with men's soccer. Now on over to women's soccer. Kind of a little bit more quiet on their end. They're 3-7 and seven overall. They did just squeak out a win against LSU 1-0 after falling 3-2 in a double overtime loss at Liberty. Next up is start of conference play, and then it's just conference play the rest of the way out. Are they setting themselves up for another amazing conference run? I think they're going to be good in conference. And LSU isn't the best SEC team, but I thought that was a game Jamie would probably lose. Um, a 1-0 victory, and you were talking a lot about the defense. And this is the first time the 1-0 victory is the first time all season the Dukes allowed fewer than two goals, and it was a shutout. So I think that's a pretty positive sign going into conference play. I don't know that I would necessarily pick the Dukes to win the conference, but I do think they'll be one of the two or three best teams vying for a chance to win the CAA. Uh, I think the schedule helps them. Like we said, you know, playing at Duke, playing at Penn State, at Washington State, you got LSU in there. I think that really prepares them. I don't think they're going to be scared to go to like Hofstra or Elon or Delaware. Yeah. So I think with that confidence, yeah. I think they're going to contend for it. Yeah, I think they have a really good shot. I don't think this team is as good as last year. Um, <laughs> but I think they can go on a roll and maybe not number one. Maybe Because I, 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 I said it, I think, either last week or two weeks ago. I don't think you can capture what they captured last season, that lightning in a bottle and just went on an unbelievable run to finish the season. Kind of like men's soccer. I don't see them being able to do that again this year. But I, I see a respectable right. tournament run, maybe a, maybe even in a championship berth and losing there. But I also wouldn't be surprised with a first-round quarterfinal loss. That's just the way this soccer team like stacks up to me. I think that's fair. Now moving on over to the field hockey complex on East Campus on uh, James Madison's University. I, I didn't know how to word that. That was worded really poorly. <laughs> I liked it. I was over there today. I took a I took a little field trip. To That's Harrison why Park. you're at Bella Luna. I thought the JMU game was at. UVA. No, no, I was the. It was. It was. I got dinner with my sister. Oh. So that was that was the cause. Wait, yeah, because the game was on. Okay. Yep. 
but then I but then I drove around campus out of general curiosity. How's uh, the union, the UBTC coming? I'm not going to lie to you, man. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I was pretty excited. The parking deck is already up, and it was, like, getting me excited. I was like, whoa, like, you can park there. And it's coming. It's going to be so nice. Did you drive by the land bridge down, I think, Carrier? No, I didn't, actually. If you drive by the new Paul Jennings dorm. Right before it is yeah, this like okay. cool land bridge where like the delivery entrance to UREC mm. is. Oh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I highly recommend. Next time you're over there, uh, yeah. check that one out. There's so much going on. There's so much going. I I was there over the summer, and every time I would go, I would just go by the UBTC, the new convo, and I would marvel, and I'd just be like, "This is going to be so amazing." I'm going to spend all of my time there. I'm going to, like, live in the rafters. Outside of JPJ, you will be at UPTC. UB, always. Whatever the acronym of it is. I don't even, yeah, I forget what it's called. What is it? It's like union. They got rid of, I feel like something changed branding-wise, and I just don't remember what it was. It's not union bank anymore. I think it's, like, Atlantic Union. Oh, okay. So Atlantic Or maybe Atlantic Bank? Atlantic. Atlantic. Uh, yeah, it's called the wave. Let's just let's call it the wave like pool. There we go. Basketball bowl. <laughs> the basketball place. <laughs> I don't know. That one's not as good. We'll work on it. We'll work. Yeah. So it. field hockey. What did you see we'll, out of them last night? They were competitive. Uh, they lost two to nothing, but UVA scored the game winning, not the game winning goal. Sorry, the second goal with like I don't know two and a half minutes left. Um. So it was one nothing for most of the night. First quarter, JMU actually looked like the better team. Uh, they got more shots. They had a really good look early. They couldn't, weren't able to score. But they they were pretty competitive for what I saw for a three and five unranked team playing at number five, Virginia. I thought they were they were scrappy and they're just coming off a win over number twenty two Old Dominion. So I think there are or there is reason for optimism um, for this program. I don't know that that this year will necessarily end up being the best year, but I think they're making some strides from last year. I think they'll have a legitimate chance to finish really close to 500 overall. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking at their three and five overall record now, it looks a lot better than last podcast when it was what it was two and Man, my math, it, I think they were two and four before, <laughs> which is the same as three and five. So I just remember it being hey, a three, lot worse. Three and five is a slightly better winning percentage. <laughs> just barely. So it doesn't help my point. Still, still two games under 500, but the win over the ranked OD yeah. is a pretty good win, though. Yeah, that really, that genuinely surprised me. Like, I, me I really thought this team was going to kind of just like limp into conference play, but the ODU win kind of puts me with a little bit of optimism going into conference play now. Dare I say national championship? I don't I, you said it, not me. That's <laughs> No, they won't do that. But I do think they're closer to getting they're <laughs> to clarify for people, they're not going to do that. But they're getting closer to where they would like to be, which is sort of in that ODU and Liberty region yeah. which is ranked ranked around number 20. Yeah. So, moving from the JMU Field Hockey Complex, we're going to drive a little bit down to Sinclair Gymnasium inside of Godwin Hall on the campus of James Madison University. Um, 
presented by the JMU alumni. Yeah, I was gonna say it feels like you're opening Madison. <laughs> um, conference play starts today because you'll be listening to this on Thursday. Yes, record on Wednesday. Normally on Tuesday. Oh, schedule's interesting, but play UNCW today is the start of conference play. They come in on a two-game, two-match winning streak, um, winning three of their last four, winning five of their last seven. Whew. Quick math. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hold the applause out there. Hold the applause. <laughs> um, I know that was second-grade math, but mental math is something I was never good at. Conference plays starting now. What do you see out of this team? I know we've kind of talked about it since they haven't played in a week and a half, but CAA winners? Yeah, I think they've got a good chance of, of winning the conference. And they haven't played in, in nine days, which I think is huge. You know, and I think you know that I'm a huge believer in rest <laughs> and recovery, hydration, acupuncture. And Jamie's had Exactly. Jamie's had a chance to recover their bodies, get everything back, Make sure that they're hydrating with the fluids that they need, whether that's Gatorade, water, sparkling water. LaCroix. Um, <laughs> yeah, some sort of LaCroix <laughs> or whatever. Those different beverages, they're getting those into their systems. They're playing at home for the first four matches of conference play. Hello, scheduling gods. Thank you. <laughs> so I like what this team is doing. I like where this team is. And, uh, yeah, they're going to win the CAA. No, no doubt. Yeah, mind. easily. Easily win the CAA. I mean, they have their three seniors are arguably three of the best players at their respective positions in the CAA with Briley, Brenda Moore, Michaela White, and Sarah Martin. Thank you for actually adding insights. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they're a really good team. And we've, 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 we've talked about it a lot. Um, I mean, they're good. I think they're going to they're gonna win the conference this year. I don't think there's anybody that is – quite as talented as JMU and yeah. And those first four matches at home, they have a chance to Hello. spike. They have a chance to spike the competition <laughs> as they say, wink, wink. <laughs> oh man. Huh. You're on a roll. At this, this Bring the energy. Oh, we have golf next. This is going to be nuts. Um, but yeah, to wrap up volleyball, easily CAA winners. I'm excited to talk about them once they've played a couple games under their belt. We can actually kind of see them against the CAA competition. But I'm going to be honest, if they don't win these opening four matches, if they're not 4-0 and on October 5th, I will be disappointed. You will cut off your hand. <laughs> exactly. And that <laughs> won't help me play golf, which is uh, the topic that we are discussing now on the Herd with Purd. <laughs> okay, so let me set the scene for you down. Multiply that by two. What is that? That's the sound of hitting a golf shot. I did it 11 times. Multiply it by two. That is 22. JMU won the River Run Collegiate by 22 shots. That is an absolute beatdown. That is clinical. That is people that know what they're doing. They know how they're doing it. It's a business trip. They went to the River Run Collegiate not to have fun, not to (laughs) hang out, not to fraternize. No, 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 no. 
They went to come back with a trophy, and they came back with a trophy. So huge shout-out to them, Senior Walker Cress. He won the individual title, first win of his career. I think they asked me to uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. Really? Well, you should. He's a champion. And, um, yeah, they played great. This program, both golf programs are really on the rise, but the men's golf team is making a run, folks, at the first NCAA tournament appearance in program. What do they have to do to get that? Yeah, so you have to get, like, an at-large bid, and they have all these weird rankings and stuff. Or you could win the CAA, but that's very difficult. Why is that So this is going to go all the – there's College of Charleston just plays golf all the time. thank you. Because they're in, like, a scenic town, basically. So you've got all the other southern schools that make it tough. But if JMU can do this, right now they're just in the fall. So they're just trying to build. They're trying to get some building blocks right now. But as they get into the spring, if they have a chance to get into the NCAA tournament, that would be big. All right. That makes me really hyped for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this team and what they're doing. And, um, yeah, I consider myself, like, an honorary assistant. <laughs> so I yeah I mean I guess congrats to me for helping lead the guys to a first place um, yeah that's all that's all the sports we got is Bennett starts congratulating yeah. himself uh... <laughs> that's always a good time to end the podcast yeah <laughs> I can't even keep it together to wrap it up anything else you uh, want to add anything you've read that's amazing I don't know how did this become our, my question to ask you at the end of podcasts I don't know. I feel like I had like a week or two where I was reading a lot. I think lot, you mentioned but... Katie Harper like for four weeks oh, yeah. in a row about like a great – Katie Harper's she's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wrote I wrote a couple things that I thought were incredible. <laughs> you did? You write? I, I wrote one about Ben DiNucci that you plugged nicely. And then I wrote one about whether Elon GMU could potentially develop into a rivalry no. game. <laughs> I you disagree. Know I do? think they're – we should, should we bring do? back what the breeze has with double takes, and we should do double takes. That would actually be a lot of fun. It's good. Like, because did they stop doing double takes? I feel like they don't do double takes anymore. They, they might have stopped it. I'm gonna send an email to the sports. But um, because that would have been a, I might write an article saying no to your JMU Elon becoming a rivalry game. Are you writing the email now? You yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, comrades. <laughs> How do you spell C O M R A D E S? Oh, there's an E there. Good call. Thank you. I was doing it with an S, and then I was like, why did it auto correct to E S? And then I thought I saw a green squiggle, but there wasn't one. Okay. Hello, comrades. <laughs> Where <laughs> did double takes go? What? Should I sign it with my name or no? You should do your initials. <laughs> BC. <laughs> Sincerely. Oh, sincerely. That's true. I don't want to be informal. <laughs> Some of my best Since... writing were in the form of double takes. They were so much fun to write. Huh. I especially like my NFL ratings in Trouble One, because that one I used actual what, statistics what that and like pulled them. Like, oh, that was a good one. We did a, um, I did one with Matt Wyrick where we said whether Gonzaga was like a a really good basketball team or not. And I said, no. And I don't know how, but like Gonzaga fans found it that, and were just shredding me in the we, I think we've talked about this before. And that happened with yeah. me and the Vikings. Oh, I remember that. You got roasted by the and Vikings. And I was right. 
You, what, you, what was your take again? Double... Oh, you're like that they were overrated. They had Sam Bradford. Was, no, that's exactly what I said. I said their offense is like 32nd in the league. They're 4-0 and or like 3-0 and at the time. Their offense is 32nd in the league. Their defense is like third. So, like, they're going to regress to the mean and they're going to miss the playoffs. And everyone was like, all Vikings <laughs> fans were like, you've never watched football. And then what happened? They regressed <laughs> to the mean and they missed the playoffs. That's what they always do. That's what the Kentucky fans were doing. Like, you haven't, you don't watch anything. And then Matt was fueling it. He's like, yeah, you don't watch anything, bro. <laughs> and they're like, yes. <laughs> I can so see Matt just smiling behind the keyboard with you sitting next to him in the Breeze office. Yeah, I was like right next to him. <laughs> just crazy. Okay, so we've plugged our stuff. All right, so yeah. head on over to www.jmusportsnews.com. Dot com. Check us out on Patreon, even though we don't at put anything there. You can be our first Patreon we'll, we'll get there. or patron. Um, $5 a month, and we'd really appreciate it. Help us make awesome some more awesome content that we can send your yeah. way. Um, follow us on Twitter, which you probably are if you found this podcast, at JMU Sports News. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, just search JMU Sports News. Oh, wow. That was a burp that was not supposed to be <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> um, that has to stay. Oh, that's staying 100% because I barely do any post-production except for the CA weekly. Do you think anyone will get to this point in the podcast? I, I really want to see. We should we give, if somebody, people. here, if somebody gets to the burp, tweet at us and we'll give you some sort of prize. We'll somehow figure out a way to bring back our new, our QB1, the nude shirt. Yes. I will send you my if you yeah just tweet at us and we'll send you merch of of which we have like one design so you better be a fan of <laughs> yeah. Benucci yeah you don't get to be you don't get to be picky um, picky about this yeah yeah I'm just trying to think of the word but yeah so um tweet at us when you hear the burp for Bennett Conlon my name is Jack <laughs> Fitzpatrick have a wonderful rest of your carry the one Thursday and uh, see ya. <laughs> Stay for the birth. listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.